0: A device like an iPhone, it doesn't come with any user manual. It's intuitive and easy to use. Uh, that's been our design philosophy, frankly, for all of our digital experiences.
1: I'm Scott McGrew. Welcome to Sand Hill Road. Achieving a gorgeous grin from home isn't a total mystery with bite clear aligners. Just don't be surprised if all of your sleuthing friends start asking, "What's your secret? Salsa, sour cream, cheese. Thank you. Anything else for you today? No. Would you like a bag? Yes, please. The crinkle of the bag containing the chipotle burrito. I swear to myself, I will not try to eat in the car, but always end up trying to eat in the car. If I had to say there is one go-to. More often
0: than anything else, it's our barbacoa quesadilla. So that barbecued shredded beef and the cheese melted on a quesadilla. Chipotle's Kurt Garner. With some pico and some sour cream to dip it into.
1: Garner is the head of Chipotle's new venture capital arm called Cultivate Next. Now, we've talked about companies getting into venture before, like Airbus Ventures, the investment offshoot of airplane manufacturer Airbus. In Chipotle's case, they're brand new to the idea, never before tried it, and put Garner, their chief technology officer, in
0: charge. We think we're really well positioned to be an accelerator in the space. Uh, One of the things that's unique about Chipotle is that we're 100% company owned and operated. We're not a franchised organization, so there isn't a third party that we need to get involved when we right. make a when you want to
1: make a change, you can make a change. We can make a change by, by hitting a computer key. Yeah, well, uh, I mean, you can send that sometimes that to easy. every every location, uh, right? And you're not going to get uh, you're not going to get any pushback because the, you own those locations. Exactly. And for the entrepreneurs,
0: we're a great sandbox. You know, we, can, we can try something new in one or a number of locations or in the case of our digital business virtually uh, and then refine it and scale very quickly. Uh, we've also got a very strong balance sheet. So we've got the ability to to look forward and invest in things that will help sustain our future uh, and the future of the entrepreneurs. So as we were thinking about all those ingredients, it seemed like a really good time to launch this type of fund um, so not only do, are we investing in in companies and and technologies that are aligned to our mission, but we're also looking for things that can help accelerate our business. So we can we can become a customer as well as an investor in these companies. Have you invested in anything yet? We have not. Um, we had a really really strong response to the launch of the fund and are in a, in conversations with. A lot of companies right now in our funnel. Uh, and I expect here in the coming weeks, we'll be able to make announcements about our first investments.
1: How much money are you dealing with? So we've
0: committed $50 million to the fund to start. Uh, we've got the option to increase that if we choose to do so. Uh, it's a, we're the single um, sponsor of the fund. That We're not uh, involving other companies or entities right now. So again, we've got the ability to make the decision Unilaterally on where we invest, how much we invest, and whether or not we want to increase the size of that fund over time.
1: Have you set a metric for success? I mean, it you know, in a, in a traditional venture firm fund, it's well, we want X percent, right? I mean, we want to grow our limited partners' money. Uh, in your case, uh, it necess- isn't necessarily that you would make money on it. As much as it could be that you could grow your operation in such a way that, man, had we not invested in, in this corporation or this company or this idea, we would never have been able to double the number of restaurants. You know, we, we talked to a bunch of others in the industry when we were forming this fund
0: and thought these ideas should stand on their own as an investment. Uh, and we've got the ability to improve our operations, to support our mission, Uh, to support sustainable farming, do all of those things at the same time. Uh, If there's an opportunity where we feel like, wow, this would be a great company to partner with, but the investment may not make sense, that's a situation where maybe they become a vendor for us uh, and not something that uh, we're investing in. So uh, we expect to have returns on the capital that we're investing as any investor would. And we believe that the companies we invest in are also going to help Chipotle with our with our strategy and our future growth,
1: tell me about the genesis of the idea. You know, was it somebody in the boardroom? Was it where did the idea of you know what I think we ought to have a venture fund? It was part of our executive leadership team meetings. Uh,
0: we have had some success in uh, investing in companies like Neuro and found a lot of traction there in terms of synergies of culture and idea and innovation, and thought. Is there an opportunity to expand our influence and to become an accelerator of these ideas? We, we were getting pitched a lot of things uh, and didn't have a formal mechanism for how we might invest or go through the funnel to figure out whether this is an opportunity to partner more as a, as a supplier uh, and customer.
1: For the listener who's not familiar, Neuro are those little robot trucks. They almost look like giant uh, igloo ice containers, right? Right. Uh, automated uh, robotic food
0: delivery is yes. what neuro is all about.
1: So, as I struggle to, to or as I try to imagine what sort of investments you're going to make, is that a good example of one, or is there, you know, give me even if the company or the idea doesn't exist, what sort of things do you imagine you're going to invest in? Well, recently we made an announcement
0: that we're piloting uh, a robot named Chippy that uh, fries chips in our restaurants. And many people may not know, Chipotle fresh uh, fries all of our chips in our restaurants every day. Uh, There's a lot of wasted time in that process where a crew member needs to just stand by the fryer and attend the basket. Uh, And Chippy gives us the ability to automate several steps of that task. So a crew member doesn't need to make a decision of standing in front of a fryer or serving a guest in line. Uh, that's a revolutionized way of thinking about um, r- repetitive tasks in a restaurant, and that's the, the type of thing that we would want to sponsor and be able to help accelerate uh, as we look forward to kind of this combination of people and technology to solve problems. Uh, there's some really forward-thinking companies that are breaking some glass. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery
1: It is remarkable the number of um, innovations there have been in in fast food uh, and fast casual food. Uh, certainly, uh, the Starbucks app uh, comes to mind, you know, this idea that I just type it in as I'm sitting at a, a red light somewhere, and if I'm five minutes away, and then I just pick it up. Uh, and you you actually helped develop that. Yeah, I, I was part of Starbucks during the, that um creation of their app yes so you and you you were with starbucks before you were with chipotle for something like 17 years right so you went from everything maybe the cash register you know had the cash register had some some digital digitalness to it
0: right. uh
1: right through the in- invention of the iphone uh and and what can we do with this um i can't think of a, a time in which you know, any store or store chain or restaurant has ever gone through that much transformation, or that much transformation has happened around them.
0: Yeah, I, you know, I've, I believe an in, in Apple, and um, you talk about the iPhone was a, a great catalyst for this new type of change. Uh, Apple reimagined the way people and technology interact with one another, and. I firmly believe the best technologies are the ones that elevate or enhance human experiences. This idea that, um, you know, back in the 90s, if you bought software, it came with a huge user manual. Uh, And now when you buy a device like an iPhone, it doesn't come with any user manual. It's intuitive and easy to use. That's been our design philosophy, frankly, for all of our digital experiences. They should be intuitive and frictionless and fun and engaging and represent the voice uh, of your brand and what you stand for in a way that they engage people and help them through their day.
1: And then along comes the pandemic. Uh, And many of the changes, I think, in restaurants would have been made anyway. You know, the kiosk, for instance, uh, is both more convenient, it's lower cost for the restaurant, uh, and it's healthier in the sense that you don't have the person-to-person interaction that you used to have. Um, the pandemic then changes a lot of things as well. And I think a lot of that stuff's going to stay around, even, even post-pandemic. Yeah, I think so too. Uh,
0: at Chipotle, we started our digital journey in 2016. And frankly, we're inspired by Uber. Uh, I think the reason Uber was initially very successful was not because they just had an easy to use intuitive app. Uh, they made it really easy to be a driver and pulled the thread of digital all the way through their business model and experience. And in 2016, as we built an app for Chipotle, our digital business was maybe a hundred million dollars at the time was primarily fax driven, um, our decision was to build a dedicated digital kitchen within each restaurant so that a crew member never had to make the choice of serving the guest that was standing in front of them versus serving the guest that was coming in digitally and all of that foundation was put into place uh, you know rapidly again company operated business by 2018 all of our restaurants had a dedicated digital kitchen uh, we had pulled that thread completely through with technology into those digital kitchens that show a crew member visually what to create in the entree. So we're not using a bunch of text uh, to make it fast and accurate. Uh, We built logistics software to do um, inventory of the orders that were coming in so we wouldn't overwhelm a restaurant and could give a guest a promised time for pickup. We pioneered Chipotle Lane's. You know, it's a poll lane, the average time in a window is 12 seconds. The average time now to order digitally and be able to pick up is under 10 minutes. All of that was put into place before the pandemic. And the year before the pandemic started, we did a billion dollars in digital business. We did three and a half billion dollars last year. Uh, So you can see how dramatically what was a strong business for us continued to accelerate. And to your point, Scott, I think... A lot of people that had not tried um, digital ordering, had not tried what we're doing here with um, video collaboration, uh, started trying it for the first time, and now it's become part of their routine. And for us, we're seeing our dining room business recover. Uh, Eating is still a very social thing and something that people want to share. But there are occasions when ordering dinner for your family and picking it up at the restaurant is more convenient for people. Uh, And now they've been exposed to that experience and know what to expect. So it becomes an additional channel of access for us, an additional occasion. Um, Not, not the or situation it was during the pandemic uh, and more the and situation that we're seeing now. Um, And that's the same with hybrid work. You know, it's, I don't think it's going to go back completely to the way it was pre-pandemic, and I don't think we're going to swing all the way to where we were during
1: the pandemic. People are finding the place in between that works for them. As a customer who sometimes stands in line, I appreciate you having the digital kitchen where I'm not I'm not seeing the employees that aren't helping me. Um, in what other ways are you uh, changing the restaurants uh, physically physically? Uh, or might change the restaurants physically because i it's fascinating to watch it uh, for instance with Capital One banks um, you know there are no tellers, I mean there are people, but we you know they don't stand behind a desk and there's a you know a coffee bar and that kind of thing because they 've rethought what a bank 's going to be, and it's interesting to see other businesses rethink what it is they're trying to accomplish and then physically change around that.
0: Yeah, we spend a lot of time in our restaurants uh, seeing what it means to be a customer and how people are are eating, uh, and seeing what it means to be a crew member that's serving this guest. Uh, I don't. We're not. We're never going to go away from a human experience in our restaurant. Um, Chipotle is like a farmer market in the morning. Uh, all of our vegetables come in whole and are chopped. Uh, we have people that have been trained in culinary arts that are cooking fresh. And it's nice to be able to come up to the counter and have a conversation with somebody. Uh, And that's part of what our frontline amenity is. If you want a little bit more rice or... I was in a restaurant the other day and the customer wanted just the green peppers and not the red peppers. (laughs) That that type of customer service and just say yes is what we're known for. Um, What we're seeing with the digital customer uh, is... It's not just order ahead and pick up. Uh, Often it's order ahead and eat in the restaurant. And that's really making us think about how we create those spaces so that it's intuitive for people about where they go to pick up their food and they're welcome to stay and eat if that's something that they choose to do as well. Um, Certainly the Chipotle experience uh, was us rethinking the way people use our restaurants our brand does not lend itself to a drive-thru. Uh, if you've been to a Chipotle before, you can imagine coming up to a microphone and going through the order process. And uh, not well, being able I,
1: to see all of the different right. things. And yeah, and just trying to do it in the order of, well, I want a
0: bowl with chicken and yeah. white rice and black. Uh, and then being the person that's trying to ring that in <laughs> and get it right. Uh, all the way through making sure that we do it correctly for the customer. Our digital ecosystem makes all of that seamless. And when we first launched that, we thought people would be confused, right? They'd be pulling into the line and looking for the speaker, and that hasn't happened at all. Right, this is a line where you
1: just, if you've ordered ahead on the app, you just pull in and and get your burrito. Exactly. Uh, And people adapted
0: to that very, very quickly. And those restaurants are among our best restaurants in terms of volume, um, in terms of digital business and guest satisfaction. So all of that's about looking at your physical and digital assets and figuring out ways to recombine them to meet where customers are going.
1: Now, as you lead this fund, uh, this Chipotle Venture Fund, you you have lots of experience in the restaurant industry. Uh, You don't have experience in the venture industry. What makes you think you're going to be good at it?
0: Well, I I think it's all about being a good partner and an accelerator. And we're not looking at these investments in such a way where we expect to be on the board or advising companies. We're looking at it more through the lens of we know that we can be a really good customer. Um, We've cracked the code, if you will, with our stage gate process on how we rapidly iterate, prototype, test, and then scale solutions. Um, Now it's about finding those opportunities and those companies that can also use funding to help get there. Um, You know, generally speaking, as a customer, we see companies that are later stage um, that have been through some of that funnel. And we think there's an opportunity to, you know, help accelerate and influence the direction as an investor as well. And, you know, and we'll see. We're, We're early days into it.
1: Chipotle CTO Kurt Garner with fifty million to invest. Next week on Sand Hill Road.
0: So yes. they put money in too, but it's a lot of money to put in and somebody you haven't met. Of you
1: did your due diligence, but oh yeah. But you—you <laughs> you are maybe the first person I've ever met who gave someone thirty million dollars <laughs> and then just recently met them. <laughs> Redpoint Ventures, Erica Brescia. Sand Hill Road is produced by Sean Myers under the leadership of Sarah Bueno and Stephanie Adruni. For more interviews with Silicon Valley's most influential entrepreneurs, check me out on TV at Press Here. That's Sunday mornings on NBC Bay Area and everywhere in the world on iTunes and at PressHereTV.com. You know how to book
0: flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator.